Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is your official Leguizama Rama spoiler warning. If you are a Tubi fan and you're making your way slowly through all the movies on Tubi and you have not come across a fugly exclamation point yet and you don't want that movie ruined for you, I'd highly suggest not listening to this podcast once we start talking about the film because we will be spoiling it. And I would hate to do that to you uh, because you seem like quite a nice person if you like Tubi. You're probably quite sweet uh, if that's your favourite of all of the streaming services. For Christ's sake. It's free, I get it. Um, But if you are on Tubi and you are a big fan of Tubi, jump into my DMs and let's talk about Rock of Love. Uh, let's talk about um, cops. No, cheaters is what it's called. Have you ever watched Cheaters? Me? Yeah. No. Bizarre show, man. It's on Tubi. Um, and it used to come on at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, anyway, let's chat about that if you're a Tubi fan. But otherwise, we're going to talk about Fugly and we're going to be doing it all right after this. Peace. I hate the word. I don't. I don't. Hello and welcome to Mission Zack's Leguizamo Rama, a podcast where each week two people watch something starring John Leguizamo. I'm one of those two people. My name is Zachary Ruane. You might know me from the two streaming services I am using the most at the moment. Yeah. Uh, probably Paramount Plus mm-hmm. and Broly. Oh, Broly. You got me into Broly. I'm joined, as always, by my dear friend, Mish Wittrup, who's two favourite, or not favourite, the two streamers she's using the most at the moment are... Stan. At the moment, it's Stan and Tenplay. Great. Because I am watching Survivor with my partner. And I'm working late at the moment, so we have to revisit past episodes. I have to go back and yeah. watch Survivor. Yeah. Because I know someone on it. Yeah. <gasps> Should we expose? Well, I mean, it's well, not like a big expose. It's not a big thing. It's, there's a character on it, a character, character, a person on it who worked at a cinema. He used to be my manager. Isn't he was that a crazy? good manager to me. But I, look, here's the thing. I, I feel like I, we can't talk about it because... We're recording this a few weeks before it comes out, so who knows where it'll be. Exactly. So I reckon we will cover that. Let's get him on. Yeah, I could ask. You could ask. Yeah. Oh, my God, I would die. I'm obsessed with Survivor. I couldn't care less about John Leguizamo in comparison Would you? To yeah, do you want me to ask him to yeah, come on? Yeah, what should we? I think he's asked me to come on his podcast a bunch. And Have I'm... you done it? No. Trade. You can it's do his and orcs. he can do yours. Yeah, but it's, he's going to be like, well, 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 look who comes crawling out of the woodwork now that I'm on Survivor. Yeah, but I mean, if he wins Survivor, he's going to be like, well, 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 look who has $100,000 in the bank. Yeah, that's Me. true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and he's, well, this is why I don't want to say because it's like a few weeks away. So 
yeah, all right, we will cover the fact that I know a guy. But also, like, what happens if in the next few weeks it's exposed that he's a sodge or something? He's not a sodge. Yeah, but what if it's exposed that he's, like, a, a shit game player and he screws people over? Isn't he, like, saying that that's what he's going to do? I don't know. He seems quite nice didn't on the he show. Come on, like, didn't he say at the start, I'm going to play this game? Isn't that the yeah. whole thing with Survivor yeah. is everyone's a cunt? Everyone's a cunt. Because I haven't really watched it since... I'm going to say Survivor Australia and not... Mm, you mean the 2000... I'm talking about like, season two of yeah. Survivor. I, I have that maybe... That was when Tina won, but everyone thinks Colby should have. I... So, because I remember... Who was the man in season one? Richard. Richard. Hatch. Richard was, I think, like... Um, you know how there are people that like invented invent certain like you know in like um high jump mm-hmm. have you heard about how they changed the type of jump they did no so like in high jump in the history of high jump mm. and I, you would know this in survivor better than me mm. but in the history of high jump right the you can sort of see these peaks in like the record in the in mm-hmm. the like it's incremental like if, if anyone were to, like, break the world record now, it would be by a few millimetres, mm-hmm. right? But a couple of times there's been these massive jumps in what the record breaker is, mm. and that's because the form of the jump changes. And you know how they jump now where they kind of, like, go backwards? Yes. And they go up and then they, like, flip their leg up? Like no one, like someone did that for the first time in like the seventies. Yeah, I watched and this smashed. video once yeah. about it, where where someone, I think they like their coach figured out the physics of it. They mm. were like, if you jump this way, basically, and the idea, the thinking of it was, you can do the jump, and then you've just got to flick flip your legs up and and you actually don't have to get your whole body to that point. You just got to. It's like a whole. It was like mm. physics, center of mass, sort of shit. Anyway, the point is. One person did the jump different mm-hmm. and then everyone else jumps like that now. Yep. I know it was season one, but the sense I get is that Richard created how people play Survivor. Yes, Or he was did. one of the... No, he created the whole strategy thing, the, the alliances. It's like, well, if we all vote together, then we'll just slowly just eliminate like other people. Like he deserves... Cred- as much credit as any producer on that show. Oh, absolutely. For, for well, originally the show was just like put a bunch of people on an island, try and get them to survive, get voted off. And like in the first season there were people who were voting off based on like alphabetical order. Yeah, And there yeah. were people who were voting off based on like who had kids or like if they had things in common and stuff. And Richard's like, fuck that. I'm going to get a group of five of us and the f- that's the majority. We'll just knock out all of them. But within the five, I have an alliance of three. So when we get to five, I'll just knock off these two. Did Richard win? Yes. And he won because he also got the balance right of being the, the balance. The thing I find fascinating about Survivor is that you have to be unlikable enough mm-hmm. that people want to keep you around, mm-hmm. unlikable enough that people like want to be against you in the mm. final two. But likable enough, mm-hmm. or you don't want to cross so many like bridges, burn so many bridges that come the final council. Mm. Because that no, was well, a twist, biggest, though, wasn't it? The biggest it? Yeah. thing for me is like you have to do enough gameplay because now survivors just like 
just exploded. It's like religion for some people. There are people who obsessed strategy, with it. So yeah. people really respect gameplay. So you have to do enough gameplay that at the end you can say, I did all of this and I dictated the game this way and I voted this way, which changed the game and I got rid of this person, which made my game better. But you have to do enough gameplay that people are like, yeah, you played the game, but not so much gameplay that during the game people are like, you're playing a bit too hard and eliminate you. Amazing. So you, to get to the end and win, oh, like that's like, sorry, this should be a Survivor podcast, but people who are like, no, I don't think they deserved the win. It's like, no, if you win, you deserved the win. Do you know what I mean? You did whatever you needed to do to yeah, get to the won. end. That the people, yeah, you won. I'm sorry. There's like, there was this guy on it. Um, God, people are just dropping like flies. Our listeners are just like, bye, bye. There was a guy on it um, whose name was we Russell did Hands. Four months on one pop past mm. the dish. We're Russell good. Hands was a cunt. Like he was this survivor cunt, right? And he lied his way to the end. Like literally both times aligned with a real hot girl that he claimed would do nothing in the game except he aligned with Parvati, who was a phenomenal player. But anyway, um, he aligned with, like, some hot girl that he was like, she's not going to fucking do anything in the game. I am going to tell everyone I'm in alliance with them. I'm going to vote them all out. So he burnt everyone. But he dictated the entire game, like, because he would just, like, pull someone aside and go, like, you and me, we're voting together, but then just vote them out, like, screw people over left, right and centre. So he dictated the whole game, but he got to the end and everyone hated him. Everyone's like, I don't want to give you a million dollars. Absolutely not. So I'm going to give it to the girl that you supposedly just rode your coattails all the way here. She's going to get the million. So it's like, no, actually, she was smart. She's like, I'll align with this fucking idiot that's going to burn everyone. Mm. He's going to take me all the way to the end and claim I didn't do anything when actually I just let him completely fuck his game. 100%. It's part of the game. Hmm. And Richard was the first person to play the game. Yeah. Love Survivor. Hey, Zach, I had COVID for the second time recently. Yeah. Um, and it was shit. I had COVID yeah, back in COVID. 2022 and then I got it just like it popped up real quick and it absolutely floored me for four days. Mm. And the thing that sucked about this hit of COVID was I couldn't do anything. I was like, oh my God, I can fucking write my Melbourne International Comedy Festival show. Yeah. Oh my God, I can get all this administrative tasks done that I want to do, cleaning. Oh my God, I need to clean up my wardrobe. 100%, let's do that. I couldn't do anything except lie on my fucking fat ass and watch stuff. That was my, and that I, was my first COVID was mm, that, yeah. And I watched so much stuff. What did you watch? I wrote a list. Oh, wow. Uh, of things that I watched. You know you can just put that list on. This, I, I'm converted now to letterbox and I know, know what it's like to have this per, this person at your back. Mm. But that is what letterbox can be for I you. I should probably get on to letterbox. You just, that's the list. That's what I'm using it as now, solely mm. as a way to keep my list. No, but some of it was a bunch of stuff I've already seen, but I revisited. Oh, tell me your list. Uh, so first up, I watched Now and Then. Which is... The movie with Christina Ritchie and Gabby Hoffman. Man, you got to have Letterboxd. You're going to like... Sm- Everyone else is all like, I watch this... And you'll be like, I fucking watch Now and Then, cunt. Yeah, Fuck cunt. You. But no, Now and Then was like a favourite movie of mine and my sister's when we were little. Is Rosie O'Donnell in that? Absolutely. Yeah, my sister Demi Moore's in it. That. Melanie Griffiths in it. The cast of that show is stacked. The kids are stacked and the adults Oh, it's like, stacked. it's Thora Birch, Christina Ritchie, Gabby Hoffman, and then someone else I don't recognise. Brendan Birch. Fraser... The hottest man on the planet in that film. When was when was it made? 
1995. Oh, 95, Brendan Fraser. Oh, this was like, have you not seen, have you seen the movie? Not since I was a bum. Oh, he's a, a veteran, a war veteran who's just gotten out. I don't remember. And he's walking down the street and he's just like, but no, he was like a sexual awakening for so many people because they were just Makes like, sense. oh my God. Anyway, um, and it is so good. And I rewatch it, I'm like, fuck, this movie is like, it's such a little time capsule moment because, like, I watched it heaps as a kid and then don't think I've watched it in about 20 years, yeah, yeah. more than that. And then to revisit it, it's just like there are things I forgot but there are things that I remember perfectly. I know. And I think the casting of the adult kids, so being Rosie O'Donnell, Rita Wilson, Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' yeah, wife, yeah. Um, Melanie Griffiths and Demi Moore. Oh, I love Demi Moore. I love Rosie O'Donnell. I love Melanie Griffiths. Yeah. I love Melanie Griffiths so much. Anyway, I watch now and then. I watch I, uh, just on the now and mm-hmm. then. Just, just. Or you can just. Re- no, no, you. go. I uh, on Thora Birch. I recently moved house, and I, in the move, you know how things get rustled up. Mm-hmm. I found my old, um, the comic book of Ghost World. Do you uh, remember the film yep. Ghost World? Yeah. Right? So I found the comic book of Ghost World and then my internet wasn't working for a while and the reception was a bit patchy in my apartment. So I just had time to read and I read, reread Ghost World. Mm. That book, that comic is so fucking beautiful. I almost want to lend it to you. It's, it is, I'd love to read it. It's written by like a middle-aged man, but it is the most beautiful exploration of like a teenage friendship, teenage, mm. two female teenage friends. It's such an incredible Is the movie book. any good? Well, I, I, so here's the thing, right? I haven't, hadn't read the book since I was a teenager. I hadn't watched the movie since I was a teenager. So now that I've reread the book, it makes me want to rewatch the movie. I remember the movie being different to the book. The book is really, um, th- I remember the movie having more plot than the book. And mm. the book is really nicely plotless, right? Mm. Um, but I'm going to go, I'll rewatch the movie and get back to you. Please. Because Thora Birch is great. Oh, I love so good. Thora There's Birch. S- I'm going to lend you this. I, I love think you'll Thora love Birch. It. I think you'll love Ghost World, Mish. I think you'll, it's I have beautiful. a feeling I probably would too. I, I know I've seen the movie, but I saw it when I was young. But it's like, also like young fucked up. It's it. also like comic books are so fucked up. It's so dark mm-hmm. and like. It's so fucked, and I love Thora it. Thora Birch is so great. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in Now and Then. The reason, one of the reasons I like Now and Then, I don't know if it's I've got to, maybe I need to watch more of like the um, coming of age preteen nineties films, mm. but they don't treat kids like they're idiots. So no. like, or and it, no, it's not too cotton wooled or anything. And there's this scene in a treehouse where Gabby Hoffman's uh, parents are getting divorced. Mm. And she's like, it's so things are so shit at home. Why do you have to leave? And her best friend is Thora Birch, and Thora Birch starts like um, listing off families from television, and how like they look like they're perfect, but they're not because there's widowers, there's divorcees, there's people who have died, widower, widower. And she's like, you see, like it's normal for things to be really shit at home. Oh, wow. And it's like, oh. Yeah. I watched that when I was eight and I was like, I don't get it. But if I had been like 13, 14, I would have been like, oh, my God. And now hearing that at 35 going, fuck, I wish 12-year-old Mish had heard that shit. No, you're so it. right. It's like um, sometimes people get so funny with kids stuff and it's like, I mean, kids are living mm. in the real world. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. Because uh, like Stand By Me was, the, the, yeah. Stand By Me is for boys. What? Now and then, <laughs> now 100%. And then is for girls. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I also watched Lantana. Hey, great. Now, Lantana was my year 12 English movie. Right. And I hadn't watched it since year 12. Yeah. 
And I remember really liking it in year 12, but now that it's been like, I don't know, 10 years since I And now that you're not like, the bush represents yeah. the tangled webs of relationships. Of lies. Um, it's so good. I've got to rewatch it. Oh, my God. That is, it's like, it's so fucking good. Yeah. Oh, great cast. Problematic cast, but such a good cast. Like... <laughs> Anthony LaPaglia is phenomenal in it. Yeah. Like, it's really like I was just like that's such a beautiful film. I remember seeing an interview with Anthony LaPaglia once where um, paparazzi took photos of him topless mm. and he was a, he'd put on a bit of weight and, mm. and the title was Anthony LaPaglia, and then apparently he called the magazine and he was like, "Why'd you do that? That's mean." And they're like, oh, sorry. And then he made them like donate money to a charity instead of sue them. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but I just love that he was like, that's mean. That's hey, a mean. That's that's kind of mean what you did. <laughs> I just love it as opposed to like, fuck you. Just like, that's mean. Anyway, oh I don't my know God, if I've I misremembered that. that story, but that's how I remember it. I, I think love that it. That's, it's such an interesting way to tackle that kind of like level of bullying because you can be, go and be like, you assholes, like how dare you? I'm fabulous. My body's beautiful. But to just be like, hey. That's a mean thing Yeah, to why say. did you do that? That was actually very cruel. It hurt my feelings. Yeah. You, you hurt my feelings. I love it. Now, I don't, I've probably completely misremembered that, mm. but I love that story. It's just like, and he's like, I'm not going to fucking make a big thing, it's, but... Mm. But do go and donate to charity or I'll sue you. <laughs> I love that. Um, I also watched Cape Fear with Robert De Niro. You texted me about I Cape texted Fear. you because I was like, I don't know what I want to watch tonight. Um, but I know I want to watch a horror. And I usually, when I watch like a new horror that I haven't seen before, I often put it on my Instagram. But I was so unwell. I'm like, this one's just for me. Sometimes so just, you got to just Sometimes watch. it's just for yeah. me. But I wanted to know if it was good before I committed to it because it's quite long. Mm. And you hadn't seen it. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to commit. I loved it. I thought it was really good. I've seen the original. Mm. And um, and I'm, I really, I've always wanted to watch it. Well, this had Juliette Lewis in it. Yeah. They make it very like, because the original from memory, there's a lot implied. Yeah. Because I haven't seen the original since I was a teenager, but it's a lot of like, he's a bad man, mm. but they don't say why. Yeah. Whereas this, apparently they're just like, here's all the awful, awful things, he's done. things he's done. <laughs> it's he's very like shit. 90s. But the last 15 minutes of it is just so intense. Oh, I got to watch it. Yeah, you got to watch it. But what that movie did was made me go, oh, I want to watch some more of their things. And I watched uh, Analyze This. With Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal, Great. love, and then I watched a movie. You got to get Letterbox. Mitch. Then this I watched a movie a called The Other Sister with Juliette Lewis. It's got Giovanni Ribisi in it, uh, and I would not recommend that film. That sounds. It's it's a shocker. It's a shocker. It does have the animal song from Savage Garden in it, though. Is that the one? Yeah. That they yes. wrote it for? No. Is that the one where they're playing? Yeah. That was that. The, there's footage of that in the music video for the animal song. Yeah, but they did the music video for the movie, but the song itself was not. Oh no, no! Film. But it was like it. it oh, it, it was, was coincided promoting. with the release. Yeah, good song though. That's funny. That movie, I was just like, oh, this looks like because um Diane Keaton's in it, and I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, Juliet Lewis, let's have a Juliet Lewis moment because I've just gotten off Yellow Jackets, and I love. Oh uh, yeah, I and I quite. To watch that. I quite. I find Juliet Lewis really interesting. She's Fascinating. Yeah, fascinating, right? And I, there's so many Juliet Lewis movies I could have watched. I'm like, let's start a Juliet Lewis thing. And I started with The Other Sister and it was like, and I remember I'd watched that as well when I was eight or something. Yeah, yeah. And I put it on, I was watching it and I was just like, 
I don't. I and here ends my Julianne Lewis marathon. Different Not because time. I was angry. Yeah, different time. I wasn't angry at it. I was just like, oh nah. But it's as funny. <laughs> Less exciting. It's a funny. I don't know. I can't, I almost can't be bothered. But it's like, you know how like times change mm. and things shift and things ebb and flow. And I actually think we as a society are we we, we swung one way in terms of like the content we make, but I think we're moving mm. back the other way in terms of like. We got to a place, I think, in art where maybe bad people weren't saying bad things anymore and there does need to get back to, like, if that character is a bad character, mm. with responsibility they maybe should say racist things from time to time yep. or they should say, you know, like, we're, we're swinging back a little bit. Yes. And I think in a positive way because we've, we've learnt the lessons but now we're going, all right, there's a more responsible way of saying these yeah. things, but we do need to say them sometimes. Yeah. The way that the universe generally operates, be it politically yeah. or morally, yeah. is very pendulum-esque. Yeah, and, and we're and, swinging the other way. And, as we and, and, the, and I'm not talking mm. about the bad parts of that swing no. back. I'm talking about like we went one way because we realised that, oh, okay. Tom Cats should not have been made. For example, which one was Tom Cat? Oh my god! Oh, the the yeah, the little yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but this is what I'm saying is that like there were certain things like oh, you know, uh, is this racist joke because the character is racist, or is it just, or is the character racist so you can say that racist joke? Yeah, right. We're getting better at that, but also, you know. I don't know. There's moments in, there's like a line. Yeah. There's things, other things that we're getting. Yeah. Mm, anyway. My point is that kind of performance, mm -hmm. I don't envision coming back. No, no, I no. feel well, like. No. Because, it, and, and it. Are you talking it, about the other sister? I'm talking about the other sister. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, they, uh, when Sia released her film. Yeah. And it was like, you're, that is so, like, that isn't even like a. Oh, mate, like bit on the. It's like, why the fuck did you make that? And it, why did you like, do that? It's Sia? almost like, and I don't know what it is. I don't know why. It's not like I just am not the kind of person that can articulate why. Yeah. But it it it, it rings so false now. Like, there's something about it mm -hmm. where it's just like, this is a. It, it's too much. It's almost too much. For, no actor is good enough, or very few actors are good enough. To really embody mm -hmm. that performance. Because often with a character at that level of, of mental or physical disability, mm -hmm. their muscles are different. Like they look physically yeah. different in real life because they have um, existed in the world a certain yeah. way for so long yeah. that it's not just acting. They mm. physically look different. So to just have Giovanni Ribisi, yeah. who I like, who, who I seen on Friends a week before, it's bizarre. It is. It's really it's bizarre. Really like, and it's like having Maddie Ziegler from Dance Mums. Yeah, do that. It's just like I just saw her in the fucking chandelier music video. Like, <laughs> don't do that. It's it's just something that. 
it, it's a fascinating thing where it's like, nah, nah, nah. Wrong. And, but and, that's what you mean by pendulum. It got to a point where things got clouded and people just made those movies. And it's like, okay, let's just swing this way so that we can show, oh, we never want to swing that far again. It's like if you look in the 1930s, like men would just slap their wives on screen. Yeah. If oh. they didn't like, if they like, please don't leave, they'd just go whoosh, and smack her. And she's like, oh, ow. <laughs> Ouch, sorry. It's like we can't. No, you can't do it. Yes, men slap their wives. But you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Um, after the break, I want to tell, I want us each to say after the ad break, what our favourite Diane Keaton movie is. Oh. oh. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, welcome back. My favourite Diane Keaton movie, I think, and it's one of those things where after I say it, I'm going to be like, oh, actually, it's this, actually, it's this. But I do think it's um, The First Wives Club. I'm going to Google Diane Keaton movies. That's just fine. to get the list. Oh, well, there's obviously The Godfather and Annie Hall and whatnot. But I think that in terms of for me, for me it's um, First Wives Club, which <sighs> is just one of the funniest, one of the most perfectly cast movies. I, like... Putting whoever decided to put Bette Midler, Goldie Horn, and Diane Keaton together. Was that together. one of the ones you watched as well? No. Or no, you just. I've just seen it. it a thousand times. I, um, yeah, I, I, I need to rewatch that film. The First Wives Club. What a cast. I, I recently did a screen. How do you of... choose your favorite? You can't. Bette Midler, Goldie Horn, and Diane Keaton. I recently it's did perfect. a screening of, um, of Death Becomes Her. Oh, love. And it, that, that, how did you get those three together? Like, and just, and, and those three doing comedy. Like, Goldie Horn is in her element. Bruce Willis is in his element. But this is the thing, right? It's like, Goldie Horn is in her element. She does that a lot, and she's amazing at it. Bruce Willis and, and Meryl Streep. That is what they do best. Well, that's and what they he so in. rarely do it. Yeah, they well, so rarely do it. Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis is so good in that it's, film. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. Death becomes her is like is a ten out of ten. It, it is, is. and it I is. don't I don't throw that around too loosely. No, you don't. But it is a ten out of ten perfect film. It's very Bruce good. Willis yeah. started. I think people think of him as this action hero from the late eighties or whatever because of Die Hard and because of like all that like M Night Shyamalan shit that he did, right? But he started in comedy. He started on a comedy, on a sitcom yeah. with Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. Was it Sybil Shepherd? Yeah. Yeah. Moon, moonlighting. Moonlighting. Yeah. Moonlighting. And it was so funny and he was so hot. And then he just did, Death Becomes Her is so perfect. But like that, uh, First Wives Club, as you're watching, just like, how the fuck? What a life. And it's got, Sarah, it's got Sarah Jessica Parker in it. And I think she gets a bad rap as this, like, oh, she's so annoying. Carrie and Sex and the City is so annoying. No, she does comedy. So well in this movie. First Wives Club, man, I'm telling you. What's your favourite Diane Keaton film? Oh, it's, oh, look, it, it's Annie Hall. Okay, you can say that. Yeah, but he's a... Yeah, gross, but like, the movie's good. <laughs> it's really a very good film. Yeah. But I, I hate that it. I hate that he's... Ah! No, I know what you mean. I feel that way. 
I feel that way all the time. I'm not going to say too much on it, but House of Cards is a great TV show. I'm just saying. I listened to Kanye the other day. (laughs) (laughs) I was really in the mood for Watch the Throne. I was listening to JC. Sometimes I do believe I can fly. (laughs) Sometimes I do. Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's talk about Fugly, shall we? Yeah. Let me pull up the information I wrote out about this fucking movie. Okay, cool. So uh, we are going to be talking about Fugly! If you would like to watch it, it is on Tubi. That's T-U-B-I. It is a free streaming service with some fucking odd films on it, man. Yeah, I love it. No, I, I, I have moments where I like dip in, but I always dip in and then find myself watching um, Rock of Love because that's my Rock of Love and everyone who's any like true Leguizamo Rama listeners know that I'm a, a trash reality TV show buff. Anyone, Rock of, anyone that knows you. You, me at all. <laughs> Rock of Love is the best. It is the, and I know I've said it on the pod before and I stand by it, of all the trash that I have consumed in my life, and believe me, I have consumed so much trash, Rock of Love is number one and it is on Tubi. But so is Fugly. So let me do the blurb for Fugly before we get too carried away because we're half an hour in. and no, um, we're not. 27 oh, yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> this week we watched Fugly! Exclamation point. A 2014 comedy movie written by John Leguizamo and very loosely based on his life experiences, which are also um, like discussed in many of his one-man shows. So we've watched some of those. You can also access those as well. Uh, but this was kind of like the film version of some of that loosely. It tells the story of Jesse, a man so ugly that he has to rely on comedy to get through the increasingly difficult happenings of his life. That's his words. He says he's so ugly. Throughout Jesse's life, women are very difficult and work is hard to get. So he has the, an idea to end his life, but not before video recording his memoir on a laptop in his bathroom. John Leguizamo plays Jesse, a Latin comic who grew up in New York. Jesse loves performing, he loves his grandfather, and he loves having sex in public places with women who insult him. That is the movie. And now let's discuss. Um, here's one thing I'll say. What a cast. Yeah. I love Ryder Mitchell. And... And uh, I, I don't. She's not been in much, mm. but she was really good in this. Ryder Mitchell, Ryder Mitchell being the um, being the love interest. Love interest. Mm. I thought she was really good. Yeah, I thought she was really good, and and I've... and I just realised that like she's not like because she's been in a bunch of movies. Like she, yes. she. Hits a certain part of me. She's in Dark City, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, she's in so- uh, Silent Hill, which I have not seen Silent Hill, but she's just been in like so many of those mid 2000s movies, right? Fun fact also from Neighbours. She, no, she was Home and Away. Right? Neighbours. Was she in uh, She's Australian, yeah. Yeah, but I thought she was Home and Away. No, it was Neighbours. She got, gets really mad when people bring it up. Oh, she was Neighbours. Mm. She gets mad when people bring it up. Oh, no, that was. So- anyway. I really like Rada Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like her. And, but she, all the films I can think of, she's rarely got much to do. Mm. She's often very beautiful, mm. but it, it, she doesn't do, get to do much. Mm-hmm. Well, she got to do a lot in this. It was my, it's funny you say that first straight up. It was my favourite thing about this film 
was the fact that the love interest was this kind of female. Yeah, go on. Was this kind of woman. So, um, interestingly, uh, often around the era in which this film was made and before, uh, often the love interest is usually a fairly vapid. Like you can say like so many women's character arcs in so many films are just so base, Mm. Um, especially if they are playing the love interest to a male protagonist. But this, she didn't play this kind of, I mean, she was fucking, she's a babe. So like that helps. But like she didn't play this kind of vapid, just very pretty, unaccessible female. There were this, she was kind of complicated and a little bit messy and he just really loved her and and throughout all her complications and throughout all her mess, he he pursued this woman who yeah. was, um, I guess, fractured, but not fractured, just had a little bit more she kind was, of grit to real. her. She was real. She was real. Yeah. She and, had a truth to her. And it was so nice to have, like, so his first, so basically, like I said in the, my blurb. This Can I, before you go mm-hmm. on, I just realised that I combined Ryder Mitchell and Melissa George in my memory. That's why I insisted she was on Home and Away. That's also why yeah. I said she was in Dark No, City. Melissa George pl- uh, played alongside Dita Brummer. In um, Home and Away. Do you remember Dita Brummer? Uh, no. Oh, I do. But <laughs> but I just need to say to any Riderites listening, yeah. any Melissa George, I, because I was like, I could have sworn that Ryder Mitchell was mm. in um, Mulholland Drive. And then I was like, no, no, that's Melissa George. So who knows about Melissa George? Mm. She hasn't had the opportunity that Fugly gave. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. But they, they're similar. Who's this? Melissa oh, George. Yeah, no, they're similar. Anyway, I love Ryder Mitchell in this. Mm. Everything stands except for a couple of the credits I gave her. Anyway, carry Well, on. she's in Silent Hill, isn't she? She is. I merged them. I made oh, okay. them into one person. Oh, in okay. My brain. <laughs> <laughs> she was in both Silent Hill and Home and Away. And yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I hear what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Anyway, carry on. Carry oh, it's on. It's okay. Um, so basically, like I mentioned in the blurb, John Leguizamo did write this. And if you have seen, like we have, lots of his shit, a lot of the stories kind of uh, grew from other stories we'd heard from things like Freak mm. or from um, Sexaholics. Um, and he kind of put them all into this movie called Fugly, right? But some of them weren't the same and it was a bit different. But in terms of his upbringing and stuff like that and his family, like there were lots of links, like his grandfather and whatnot. He's playing a fictionalised version of, of himself. himself. That's a good way of putting it. Thank you. Um, his first wife or his first, like, you know, yeah, his first wife is played by Rosie Perez, who we know is good mates with John Leguizamo. He's mm. done a lot of work with him. Um, I am personally quite obsessed with her. I fucking love her. I love her. I think that she's phenomenal. This could have very easily been a Rosie Perez podcast, to be fair. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where, like, um, mm. she's great. She's great. She's just so likeable. But I will say this, her character in this, so the first wife, was just this, like, like I was just like, oh, here we go. It was like one of those marriages with just a shrill woman who's just n- annoying and there wasn't much to her and she just was mean to John and, she yeah, she was hot and she just liked to fuck, but she was also just annoying and shrill and rude and was using him to get further in her career. And I was like, okay, like, okay then, like another, like, base female character. And then in comes Ryder Mitchell, who's his second love interest, and there was just so much more to that character and that was my, my favourite part of this whole film, what came as the biggest surprise to me, was the kind of complexity of their relationship 
um, because he was definitely the protagonist of this film. He's the through line. He's in every scene. But the bits that he had exploring his relationship with Ryder Mitchell, I think, was really genuinely quite interesting and not something you see often in a comedy film like made in that time. Structurally, she the, she could have been the manic pixie dream girl, but she yeah. wasn't there to save him. Yeah. It was nice. You it could was have, really nice. You could yeah. have very easily done a movie about her character. Yeah, it, 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 she was so interesting that I was kind of like, I wish this is a, was a two-hander. Hunch. I, I Hunch, was like, I Zach. wish this was about the two of them, yep. not about him and her. Agreed. Um, but it, it clearly came from his one man shows. I can see why, but she, and she was just really good mm. and really charismatic and they had good charisma. It was a yeah. really interesting, like, um, like, uh, it, it, it simultaneously had the thing of like, um, uh, oh, I can see why they, mm-hmm why they wouldn't think this would work, but I can see why they've got a spark there. She was just really nice to watch. It was really, she was lovely and he was mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah. Generally speaking, what do you think of this film? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- this is hard. It's hard because maybe if I hadn't known these stories before, because a lot of them are ones we've heard in previous things we've watched, maybe I would feel a bit differently about them. Mm. But I enjoyed hearing the stories on different platforms more than I did in a comedy film. As someone mm. who... Has studied this fucking guy's filmography. No, no. As someone who... Uh, I'm not a very active producer at the moment in my production company, but as someone who is... You know, I don't, I try not to talk about this side of stuff too mm-hmm. much, but is a producer and has a production company, right? I have been privy to and seen the, the challenges of turning one person shows into narrative comedy. I've seen a lot of people struggle with that adaptation, like mm-hmm. a lot of people. Uh, and, and, and it, 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 the reason why I was like so slow to answer was because it's like I almost can't. Uh, I don't know how to go into it with it without. I can't look at it objectively. Yeah, because it's just I. So many people I know have, have been on this journey, and and I can just see the choices being made. Yep. Um, and I just, I just get I, that brain. It's, it's a part of my brain. It's not a big part of my brain, mm-hmm. but that's the part of my brain that turned on where I was just like analyzing those choices mm-hmm. and um, really interesting choices. Like the, to go fictionalized, it's just fascinating. Yeah. I, I, and, and, and I, yeah, like I think um, I, I would be fascinated to know what it would be like watching that film if you're not doing a podcast about John Leguizamo. Yeah. Because it's like. Who is this character? That's what I remember because I'd known so many of these stories. And I knew that he wrote it and he was playing himself. I wonder, because I think that John Leguizamo has a really fascinating story. We saw it in Freak. Mm. It's fascinating because it's real. It's not fascinating because it's such an extreme way to live or extreme way to be brought up. He's a great storyteller. Phenomenal, right? Yeah. I wonder... And I'm not sitting here saying I hated this film. I'm not doing that at all. I'm really not. I, I, I really, really enjoy the way that John tells a story. But I wonder if, not wonder, I think I know that. If this film, like if they took Freak, this, his one-man show, and 
wrote a story about John's life and cast someone else to play John and told the story of John coming up, like uh, like being raised where how he was raised, coming up in Hollywood as a Latin actor, I think it would have been fucking fascinating. What I struggled with slightly with this, because I know John's story, is it seemed like the through line of this story was his sex life, like Sexaholics, right, which was another one-man show he did. But it can, was combined with this kind of like very... Uh, and this is my family and this is how I was brought up and this is how I kind of got into acting and this is my comedy career. But the the focus, while still trying to kind of murky tell you those stories, was his sex life and women and trying to f- have sex with women to, like, fulfil a kind of, like, need for orgasm or something like that. I just thought it was a bizarre choice. And I, like you just said, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of word vomiting a bit. But like you just said, I wonder if anyone who hadn't studied John Leguizamo like we had, had come into this, they would think very differently. But because I'm like, oh, God, I would love to see a John Leguizamo story. I just wish it would take the angle more so of his upbringing and how he came about I mean, and, like, whatever. You that's know? interesting, yeah. Like, I, I feel like... Um... Did that make sense? Yeah, no, I, yeah, totally. I mm. think I think the thing with he has made so many one man shows about his mm. life because you can make many stories about his life. I I kind of think what I liked about this film was was that second relationship, was the relationship between him and Ryder Mitchell. Yeah, same. And um that's just probably the f- I would have loved more of that. Yeah. It's not so much you know, this, that. It's like I just would have loved more of that. I, I think. Yeah, a, I kind of agree I think with you. A, 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 or pull it, like, or go, like, go um, all the way back to it's about John Leguizamo and he's telling his own life story. But actually I think that's the path I would have loved to have yeah, seen is gone, gone more fictionalised, mm-hmm. more... And just told that story because she's such a complex character. He's so interesting and Mm -hmm. them sort of reconnecting like, yeah, I think there was just a real story there. And and there is stuff in there that does that. So I liked that. No, I hear you. Yeah. Um, Can I say one of my favourite things about this? Yeah. Uh, So there is an actor in this film that plays Rada Mitchell's boyfriend. So basically uh, the Rada Mitchell character, Lana. Lara? Lana. Oh, Oh, who knows? Uh, uh, They date for a little bit in college during, while they do theatre and stuff like that together. Then they break up and then they they kind of meet again and she's got this other boyfriend. And I saw him, I'm like, where the fuck do I know him from? Like, what is it? Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? And I was, because I watched it, I was like, oh, it's Rosie Perez. Oh, it's Raz Mitchell. Like, I I, I know those people. I've seen them before, whatever. This guy pops up, I'm like, I've seen him before. Where the fuck have I seen him before? Like, and I don't, I didn't want to immediately, I was like just trying to like use my little file of facts in my brain. I'm like, I don't know. So I looked him up and he is the poetry teacher in My Girl. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, that's how I know him. And then I looked him up and I'm like, what else has he been in? That's so strange that that's what I remember him for. And he's been in other shit. Um, but the thing I find most interesting is that the poetry teacher from My Girl, who's also Rada Mitchell's boyfriend in Fugly, was the director of Practical Magic. His name is Griffin Dunn. Isn't that fascinating? 
What else has he directed? I don't know. Um, so uh, fucking um, an American werewolf in Paris, in London. No. Did he direct that? No, he didn't, no, he didn't direct, direct it. He was in that. But he directed Practical Magic. Isn't that Isn't fascinating? Isn't American Werewolf in London? <laughs> well, yeah, he had some sort of association with it. That's a movie. Hey, fun fact. Mm-hmm. The special effects are great, but that's a movie I didn't love. What's that? American Werewolf in London. That's a controversial statement. I never saw it. But um, Practical Magic is phenomenal. Have you ever seen that? No. Great cast. <laughs> Really good cast. Um, but I just, that blew my mind. So anyone whose brain operates a bit like mine, the boyfriend from Fugly, who is also the poetry teacher from My Girl, and in the second one, I believe, her actual teacher, um, is also the director of Practical Magic. He's been in 102 movies. He's, he's got John Leguizamo vibes. Oh, my God, 102. But what's he directed? Practical Magic, man. He's directed three episodes of The Good Wife, a segment of Movie 43. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. He directed Addicted to Love. <laughs> Do you remember Addicted to Love? With, um, oh, my God, this guy. But, no, the Practical oh, Magic yeah. one just threw me. Addicted to Love is a really, really fun movie with Meg Ryan and um, Matthew Broderick. Do you know I'm always on the verge of going on a Meg Ryan thing? Love. I watched uh, I watched Joe and the Volcano not long mm-hmm. ago, and she's so fucking good in that oh. film, dude. I watched during my COVID stint. I watched When Harry Met Sally, oh. which is easily my favorite rom com. It is, yeah. But I haven't watched it in forever because I just had overwatched it. I could I could quote that movie and like every line. But I was just like, let's rewatch it. Fuck, that's a phenomenal film. Do you know what that those film... two together? How did they know that Meg Ryan mm. and Billy Crystal? Would be so phenomenal Crazy. together. But the other thing about that film that I love, it I when I last rewatched that, I had this real moment of like that was the home of great writing in film was rom coms. Mm. Like people have this idea of rom coms being like they're so bad now yeah. a lot of them. But it's like when Harry Met Sally ha- is about so much more than just rom com stuff. Like mm. ro- the rom com happens in it, but it's also about friendship. It's about getting old. It's mm. about so many things. And it's just like great writing and great actors mm. doing funny, good writing. Yeah. It's just a beautiful film. Oh. And she is so good in it. And he's great in it. So good. Fuck. Yeah, I'm going to go well, that's like Ryan when Harry thing. When Harry met Sally, it's like you take Nora Ephron, mm. you take Rob Reiner, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan and it's just like, well, of course that's going to fucking work. <laughs> that's going to be great. Um, my final thoughts on Fugly. Um, I've, I'm, the poster is misleading. I'd seen the poster before, mm. way before this pod. I'd, it's him sitting with a cello and he looks like he's naked. Um, has nothing to do with the film really. It's just a striking image. It's just a striking film. image. That was my, because uh, that's all I had to go off when I started watching this film. And um, it's just I feel like it was a bit of a misleading post image. Uh, got <laughs> Also, the title, like, oh, oh, my final thought is this. Sorry, sorry, I do have a final <laughs> thought. Right. My final thought is the whole, it's like I mentioned in my blurb, the premise is that, like, he basically right at the top says, I was born ugly. No, you're not. He might have been an ugly kid. No, but he was like, and I'm still ugly. His whole The whole movie was about, like, I was born ugly and now I'm still ugly. And I've got, it's like, okay, you're not ugly. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're not ugly. We can say that you were attractive from at least 92. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We've all seen Whispers in the Dark, John. You're not ugly. 
<laughs> We've all seen Romeo and Juliet, John. You are not ugly. <laughs> you can't you can't do that. It's like I've got a face like a donkey. No, you don't. No, you don't. You are a good looking man. That's all I have to say about that. Zach, final thoughts? Uh, I'm going to come back to Ryder Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're all sleeping on Ryder Mitchell, man. <laughs> I think Ryder Mitchell's a, like, I, I, she's been in a lot of stuff. Less than I thought about half of <laughs> many films <laughs> as I thought. But she was fucking great. Yeah. She really, is really good. She is really good. Yeah. And I don't think she gets enough good mm. stuff. Isn't that a shame when great actors don't get good stuff? Yeah. Um, all right, like with Starmos. Uh, I don't, oh, yeah, you go. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. You I always if, go first. No, then you go first. No, I like you always going first. Right, I don't know if this is controversial considering he wrote it and it was about his life. I'm giving it three and a half Leguistamos. Wow. I think it was missing a Leguistamo-y element that it could have used. He was in every scene. In every single scene and he wrote it and, and it, was it was about, about his, his life. life. Yeah, I know that's odd, but that's the vibe I got. It's a three and a half Leguistamo film. Controversial opinion. No, I mean, I was I, I, I was going between four and four and a half, so I get it. Um, because it, it should be an automatic five. But it's not, is it? It's not necessarily bad. I'm not saying that makes bad. I'm saying it's just not an automatic five. There's something five. about it that's not leguizamo y Yeah. Yeah. There's something about it. But here's the thing, though. There's a lot about it that is he loves getting his butt out and he gets his butt out a lot. So much. There's a lot of John Leguizamo. I remember the first time we saw him have sex in a movie, which was uh, Frogs Over Snakes. Yeah, yeah. Frogs versus snakes? Frogs, frogs and snakes. Frogs and snakies, snakey boys. And we're like, he's <laughs> John having sex. He's had sex in quite a few films now that we've watched. It. He, this one, he has lots of sex. And, and it's that very John Leguizamo, like... Um, he loves just being gross, a gross, dirty boy. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in this that, that's more more in his live shows. There's, so there's a lot of stuff in this film that you don't often see in his films that yeah. you see in his live shows. I'm going to give it four and a half Leguistamos because it, it – no, four. Four Leguistamos. Uh, but I really can't say why it's not five. Mm. Um, there's a – it's like uh, something. I don't know what it is. There's something missing that makes it a full, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah, there's like a. He's not. It's not, yeah. I can't tell mm. you. It's like he's not in the edit, even though he probably was. But there's something. Yeah, I yeah. can't tell. You, I can't tell you either. But Rada Mitchell is great. Rosie <laughs> it Perez gets five Rada Mitchell stars for sure. It really does get like what a revelation. And Rosie Perez. Mm. She could read the fucking phone book. Couldn't she just? I fucking love Rosie I'm Perez. I'm obsessed with Rosie Perez. I reckon if you recast every movie and all the boys were played by John and a couple of the girls and all the girls were played by Rosie and a couple of the boys, you would just have great movies all the time. All the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> we so agree on that. Um, Tom, can you take us away with uh, um, tell us what your favourite Diane Keaton film is? <laughs> Uh, Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, We love you and we'll chat with you soon. Bye. G'day, everyone. Tom here. Um, As some of you know, I'm not an avid movie watcher, um, which makes me the perfect producer for this podcast, as I am an expert. I'm just going through the IMDb now. The only Diane Keaton film I think I've ever seen is The Godfather. I don't know why I've even seen The Godfather, to be honest. Um, so I've, I've, I'll, I'll go with Godfather. 
See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.